Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. Additionally, I founded the consultancy P&N Pricing and Negotiations in Healthcare based in Toronto, Canada, which supports companies and individuals globally by coaching, simulations and training, especially on negotiations. This service is including our innovative virtual reality simulation program and is part of the Negotiation Lab. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. So, once again, we have the topic on market access on Switzerland, which has a couple of very specific, let's say, items and processes. And I'm very happy to have a, a real expert from the Swiss and within the Swiss system as well today with me, Heiner Sandmeier. Uh, welcome to the episode on the Swiss market access. Thank you for the invitation, Stefan. Very good. Perfect. And Heiner, maybe some people do not know you uh, so far, so maybe you can just give a quick introduction that we see, you know, where you're coming from, which kind of aspect you have, let's say, handled in the last couple of years in the Swiss system, and then we can directly jump into the content of that episode. Fine, yes. I am a member of the Federal Medicines Commission in Switzerland, now in the 12th year, and this commission is kind of an appraisal committee for the drug reimbursement process. Until end of the last year, I was the deputy manager of Interpharma. This is the association of the research-based pharmaceutical companies. And my strongest focus over the years was on, on our pricing and reimbursement policies. I was also member of pricing and reimbursement, HDA and healthcare system working groups uh, at FPA, the European Association in Brussels, and also uh, at IFPMA, the Global Association in Geneva. So from these engagements, I could gather experience for more than 25 years in the healthcare system and especially in pricing and reimbursement. Since my retirement uh, by the end of last year, I do some consultancy work for various customers in healthcare. And my scientific background is microbiology and public health. I mean, it sounds already like a big, big kind of experience. Um, and I think the interesting thing really here is, I, I guess, also the kind of combination what you have just described between, let's say, the industry, the, let's say, the system itself, and then also the HTA aspect, which is sometimes even a bit broader. And I think we touch base all of those areas in the next couple of minutes. But before maybe getting into some of those really details, maybe you can describe the Swiss reimbursement process for drugs, how you see it, and maybe also where you potentially also see some of the maybe also differences and maybe benefits of the Swiss system. Yes. So let me first describe the process briefly and make some highlights on some features which are peculiar to Switzerland. So uh, we have a compulsory basic health insurance, insurance that covers healthcare services quite co comprehensively. Uh, this is true also for drugs, which are listed in a 
positive list called specialty list. Uh, there is a small deductible and a co-insurance of 10% for all reimbursed services, including drugs, with an annual cap on, of 700 francs uh, for all services. So this means that we have 100% reimbursement for expenses exceeding the deductible plus the 7,000 Swiss francs. So if you're severely sick, um, after these 7,000 plus francs, uh, uh, coverage is 100%. To be eligible for reimbursement, a service must fulfill the so-called WCW criteria. The first W stands for Wirksamkeit in German. This is uh, efficacy effectiveness. The C stands for Zweckmäßigkeit, and you can translate this to appropriateness. And the second W is for Wirtschaftlichkeit, so this is econo economics and, and price. So for the drugs, let me first uh, take a more detailed look at the criteria a drug has to meet for reimbursement. Uh, these uh, requirements uh, are laid down in the law and in specific ordinances. However, it's important to note that uh, there is quite some room for interpretation with respect to the implementation of this regulation by the Federal Office of Public Health, which we call BAG, the Bundesamt für Gesundheit. So it's the basic rules are quite simple for drugs. It's a formula. It is the external reference price plus the internal reference price divided by two. And the external reference price, the so-called APV, is the average of the list prices in nine European countries, which are Germany, Austria, France, UK, Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark, Sweden, and Finland. The internal reference price we call TQV, is an indirect benefit-cost comparison with therapeutic alternatives. However, in practice, it often comes closer to a pure cost comparison with a low-cost comparator than a true benefit-cost uh, uh, comparison. Uh, for significant innovations, you can get an innovation premium on top of the TQV or on top of a comparator in, in the TQV, to be more precise. However, in today's practice, you get it only on a comparator if you show superiority in a head-to-head -head, um, randomized clinical trial with a significant added value. And in recent years, uh, price models were added to this toolbox. This means that uh, a reimbursed price is can be below the average of APV and TQV, and the company has to refund the difference to the list price on a per patient basis to the insurer. So to make a first <laughs> quick summary and highlight, uh, it's important to note compared to other countries that we have no formulaic cost efficiency criteria. We have no official thresholds. We have no price volume criteria, and we have no fixed budget. 
<laughs> so everything good in Switzerland, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Let, let me continue. Yes, exactly. So, because this does not absolutely does not mean that cost efficiency, uh, cost per patient or indication uh, or volume or cost increase in the market overall wouldn't matter. In contrast, no, the BAG is very sensitive to cost increases in the specialty list. But Today, we have no formularic standard tools to consider these parameters. What has already started uh, and uh, which will be followed further by the BAG is that they would like to develop the system further with price models in a flexible way that they can cope case by case with early access volume, high treatment cost and cost efficiency. Yeah. So this would be the first part to the criteria. Yeah, that's that, that that sounds also quite interesting. I think especially as you have mentioned the potential inclusion of cost efficiency or cost effectiveness, right? Right. So we have no cost effectiveness requirement and there is no study you need to provide. Sometimes companies provide a cost efficiency study on their own. But to be honest, uh, they don't matter at all. For the future, it might be a, a requirement in the future, for example, for very uh, costly rare diseases mm -hmm. where you don't have comparators. But this, this is something for the future. We have not really a practice uh, there. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you have mentioned now also a lot of different, maybe call it items, right? I mean, uh, significance, head-to-head -head study, um, and obviously significance is always as well because you mentioned also different countries um, which kind of um, outcome parameters, so endpoints are really included. You mentioned uh, the, the APV, the prices from other countries. You have reference to, let's say, internal Swiss comparator prices, right? The, 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 the TQV, which is also a lot of times tricky to define. And sometimes you have different kind of opinions on that. From your experience, knowing obviously the system since a long time with all of the different items, et cetera, various obviously projects, what would you say are the main drivers for a positive decision with the BRG when thinking about all of those different criteria? Uh, well, the main drivers for a positive decision you need a good product that meets a medical need. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> no, but to, to be serious, uh, there are, of course, a number of drivers. So uh, if if I would have advise a company, then I, I would say, first, you should have a fair evaluation, really a fair evaluation and benchmarking of your clinical and also uh, economic evidence. Uh, you need to be realistic. Mm -hmm. You need to go for the best possible, but you need to be realistic. And you should analyze the Swiss market and the competitive situation in depth. And also, I think you should look to the pipeline to the future to future compare, uh, competitors. Uh, you should uh, have a, a knowledge about the clinical practice in Switzerland, which might be not so uniform. Uh, second, I think it's key that you have an elaborated uh, strategy for, for the submission itself uh, and for the pricing. Just as an example, if you have a multi-indication product, 
in the Swiss system, it matters a lot which indication is first on the market and reimbursed and which are uh, which follow. So this is a major consideration if you have a multi-indication product. And I think, um, as you can guess from my description um, before, you should have in-depth knowledge of the pricing rules and especially about the latest developments on the implementation of these pricing rules. Because the, the BAG is uh, continuously developing the system, but to be honest, not in a very transparent way. Uh, so uh, new rules are not published in advance or announced. Uh, they are just uh, are developed on the run. <laughs> and you, you need to be aware of the development. So this is uh, very critical. And I think it's self-understanding that you need a high-quality submission. You, you just lose time in the process if, for example, the clinical evidence is not adequately described or if uh, the provided forms are not properly well filled in. And um, maybe my fourth point is um, you need for the negotiation process a clear communication strategy. Also, this should be pre-planned. And tools for this um, are certainly that you uh, have discussion in advance with uh, physicians, payers, decision makers, for example, in advisory boards. And for a company, of course, this is uh, quite challenging to, uh, to cope with all these tasks. Uh, therefore, you need experienced staffs. You need also contacts to relevant stakeholders. And depending on the size of the company, you, you might find it quite challenging, challenging to allocate all these resources in a timely and efficient manner. And uh, which is clear, you will be under great time pressure at several points in the, uh, in the process. Therefore, you need resources. And so my advice would be, in short, you should invest in market access early on be it in an own team or in a collaboration with experts or both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can only agree, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, I, I think that's that's quite clear. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to go again, maybe a step further back. I mean, one, you have already said that, that you have been part of the EAK, the evaluation body in Switzerland. And secondly, it's anyway uh, and always, uh, let's say, a key aspect of the evaluation of any kind of submission, especially when we speak about drugs. So could you maybe also um, elaborate briefly what the EAK really is, how they work, and what they are really looking for? I mean, there are a couple of aspects, I think, which are really important. And I think um, people might only, let's say, recognize and remember probably the BAG as obviously the key body for the submission, then also where the final decision is probably made. But the EAK, I think, is taken a really important part also within that evaluation process. Yes, I'm uh, happy to do so. So let me first describe the process uh, a bit in more detail and then go to the role of the EAK and how we are working in more detail. So um, the process starts, uh, of course, with uh, market authorization by Swissmedic which is a prerequisite uh, precondition for inclusion in the specialty list. 
However, you do not have to wait until the final decision of the Swiss medic for market approval. You can submit an application to the BAG for reimbursement with the so-called positive advance notice. So the reimbursement process starts uh, partly in parallel with the uh, market approval, but only at the end of the approval process. In a second step then comes in the Federal Medicines Commission, the EAIK, and uh, the Commission discusses the submission and issues a recommendation to the BRG whether the product fulfills the WCW criteria and if the Commission recommends an inclusion in the specialty list or not. And the Commission receives the full application to the BRG and in addition a fact sheet which is kind of a mini assessment or more a micro assessment, I would say. So then after the commission uh, submitted its um, advice to the BAG, the BAG will open uh, the negotiation with the, with the pharma company and um, will finally decide on reimbursement and the condition for reimbursement. So, as you can see, we, that the process in Switzerland follows the basic logic of an HDA process with assessment, appraisal and decision. However, it lacks some of the features, you know, from other countries like Germany or UK. So, first, there is no independent assessment. The fact sheet, this micro-assessment, is written by the BAG, and uh, this means that the decider himself is writing the assessment. Second, uh, the commission is kind of an appraisal committee, but it has very limited resources. Uh, the, actually, it is administers, administered by the BRK. So again, the decider uh, <laughs> administers the appraisal. The process has no hard timelines. So there is a relevant ordinance that states that the BRG should decide on reimbursement usually within 60 days of market authorization by Swiss Medic. However, in practice, this timeline is not met. And uh, today, the median is around 200 days mm -hmm. with a great variation fro uh, from uh, access within a few days to much more than a year. And fourth, um, the process itself, uh, the recommendation of the Commission, and also the reasons for decision of the BRG are not very transparent. So there is no public information on the assessment, no public information on the recommendation of the Commission, and limited public information on the supporting reasons and conditions for reimbursement on, on the BRK. So I think this is also a, a, quite a significant difference if you, for example, look at the at, at UK and NICE. So maybe then to the work of the ARK, ARK itself, it is one of about 100 advisory commissions of the Swiss Federation, and it has 16 members. Uh, they are elected on a personal basis by the Federal Council for a four-year term, and you can uh, have up to three terms. 
An ordinance lays down uh, the composition of the com uh, commission and um, the major stakeholders have to be represented in the commission. These are the injuries, the payers, the physicians, pharmacists, the hospitals, the cantons, Swiss Medic and also Pharma. Uh, I myself, I'm an elected uh, individual who rep represents the pharmaceutical industry. And I'm a full member of the commission, a voting member. Uh, normally, nominally, there is only one member of the commission from the university, which uh, is selected as a scientific expert. So it's by design more a stakeholder commission than a scientific commission. However, in practice, all members have a scientific or medical or background or both. So we have decent uh, informed decisions, uh, the discussions and decisions on the dossiers. However, uh, with the exception of oncology, specific clinical expertise in the indication of a specific dossier is, is often lacking mm. for many submissions. And in my opinion, and this is, uh, I, I, uh, this is public knowledge that I, I am, that I am of this opinion, specific clinical experts should complement the work of the standing members of the commission more often, if not regularly. So I think this is really a big deficiency. How are we working? The commission meets seven times a year for a full day. And typically we deal with uh, between 20 and 30 submissions at each meeting. And the submissions are for new products. So first uh, submissions, um, line extensions, also second submissions after conditional reimbursement. And in, in addition, we might also discuss an HDA report or other matters, matters related to drug reimbursement. We receive the submission documents uh, approximately six weeks prior to the meeting and the fact sheet of the BAG between two and four weeks prior to the meeting. So we have uh, enough time to uh, prepare. And at the meeting, it's again the decider, the BRG, who presents the case uh, and asks questions to the commission. The president and the internist uh, leads the discussion. And we discuss sequentially whether the, the product meets the WC W criteria. So first, relative effect, uh, effectiveness, uh, and there usually we discuss whether the evidence base is sufficient to show the comparison at uh, the benefit in comparison to other listed drugs. We discuss treatment line uh, guidelines, etc. Second, then appropriateness, and this range, ranges from pack size to the question whether it is an appropriate therapy in the context of already reimbursed alternatives. This is kind of a soft uh, mm -hmm. criterion. We also look there at the, at the opinion of HDA bodies around the world on the product. Yeah. And it's often quite interesting to see that there can be qu quite a, a, a variation of opinions. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> And third, then the price, um, and there um, the commission does not propose a specific price, mm -hmm. but usually, uh, I should say always, is of the opinion 
that the price is too high <laughs> and the BRK should negotiate uh, a better price. And then last uh, but not least, uh, the limitatio. This means the rest restriction on the label and the condition for, for, uh, for reimbursement are then discussed. And uh, after that, we issue a recommendation whether uh, the product should be listed uh, or not. Exactly. No, I, th I think, yeah, I, th I think that's, uh, that's, I think, a really good summary. And I think once, just to wrap that finally up, once the EAK has, let's say, um, recommended positively or negatively for a product, the BAG is taking the different kind of opinions in there, is writing that up, and then the communication is uh, then outside of the EAK, right? It's just between the Absolutely. BAG and then the pharmaceutical company. Absolutely. So, as I already alluded, the whole process is not transparent to the public. There is no information flowing back and forth in the process. So after the recommendation, the BRK takes over and um, follows the, the process. Um, and the, the commission is not informed on the uh, further proceedings. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, you have also mentioned a bit the, let's say, the development of pricing models, which is one part, right, with the BAG. On the other hand, you know, we have complexities, or maybe call it more complex products, like all of the various ATMPs, which let's say, especially around the launch time, at least at that time, still a quite maybe complicated evidence base, just because sometimes just because of the number of patients, Sometimes there are also, also other reasons with a, uh, let's say, quite, let's say, high price, right? What is the kind of endeavor in that direction in Switzerland? Is that still, let's say, regulated primarily through the BAG? Or is that more something where maybe quite complex pricing arrangement, even with very few patients, should or maybe are uh, now being handled directly with the various health insurances in Switzerland? That's a very interesting question. First, uh, we all know what uh, ATMP stands for, but legally it's not an official term in Switzerland. So it, ATMP is uh, from the EMA uh, and Swiss Medic does not have, has other categories. So in the future, probably we will also switch to ATMP to be more compatible. I think that would be quite reasonable. So what is an ATMP in, in EMA in Europe? you will find in different categories in Switzerland, in Swiss Medic, and also in, re in the reimbursement uh, area. So we have ATMPs, which are on the specialty list, and we have HTM ATMPs, which are not. And uh, it was a big question with the first CAR-T therapies, whether they uh, should be on the specialty list or not, whether there is a legal basis, uh, first of all, to have them on the specialty list or not, because traditionally the specialty list is a positive list for drugs in, in outpatient care. However, this was never very strict. Uh, so the question was, is this our CAR-T therapies, which clearly are uh, uh, at least in, in the first years, uh, inpatient um, uh, therapies, should they be on the list or not? And the BAG came to the conclusion that it is not clearly regulated, which means that they can decide as they like. <laughs> <laughs> so there has been no, no clarity on this matter. 
And um, the first CAR T therapies actually you do not find on the specialty list. And the BRG sent them to negotiations uh, between hospitals and insurers, and then included them in a in another list, uh, so-called KLV-Anhang 1, which means that the BRG, the Federation, is not performing a WCW analysis and the pricing, but it's just up to the hospitals and the uh, health insurers to set the price. Now we have a number of health insurers in Switzerland. However, it's not so bad as it seems if you just count the insurances because there are insurance groups. And the, uh, the bigger insurances um, formed a consortia uh, to negotiate um, such complex therapies. So we have... Um, we have um, uh, consortia of insurance which cover a significant uh, part of the market. But it's a very fair question whether such a small country like Switzerland really should award, uh, afford such a, a diverse system uh, which is certainly not very efficient and maybe also in terms of quality and equity not a good solution. So I would agree that uh, we are not in uh, the best worlds that there could be. It's a development that started, and I personally, I regret that um, these matters have not been clarified earlier because we all have seen the pipeline. So you could have acted um, proactively. Unfortunately, this was not uh, done uh, proactively enough. Yeah. 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 No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things are as they are, right? I mean, there mm -hmm. are anyway, I think always, let's say, uh, pros and cons and positives and negatives. I think you have described also very nicely the various process steps of uh, the system um, itself. So just towards the end, I mean, you have been obviously uh, representing the industry, but you know the, the kind of details uh, within the system. So if, if, if you have maybe a couple of few minutes to, let's say, promote to come to Switzerland um, uh, with a company, with a pharmaceutical company, maybe outside of Europe, right? So they are deciding to move into the European continent, but obviously we know that Switzerland, uh, let's say it's unique. You have just said it's not part of the EMA. So there's a uh, there's a separate um, regulatory body called the Swiss Medic. So it is quite complex, but, but why should maybe a company move to Switzerland also with their products and then launching their products in Switzerland? Yeah, good question. <laughs> so uh, traditionally, um, the advantage of Switzerland is certainly the pragmatism. So I know, uh, Stefan, you're German, but I still dare to say uh, it's quite a contrast to Germany. So if you follow the German reimbursement process, I heard that the record submission uh, probably years ago was a million pages. I couldn't imagine. Yes. <laughs> so this would be unimaginable in Switzerland. So everything is is not all, not too much administrated, pragmatic. In the end, it's the same issues, the same questions, the same problems. Um, I think in all countries, the comparator is is the key, and it's also here uh, the key. Uh, but you approach it in a in a different way. So I think if you know the Swiss system, the mentality, 
if you have a good communication strategy and communication skills, then I think Switzerland is an attractive place to launch a new product. And it traditionally is a test market mm -hmm. because it's small. Switzerland is quite wealthy and uh, has uh, different cultures, different languages. So it's a bit of complex clinical environment uh, you can test here. And that has traditionally been the advantage. And um, until a number of years, another advantage was that you really got a good price compared to other European countries. Uh, today, I would say we are in the average. <laughs> so you're not outstanding anymore. So probably this is not anymore such a big advantage. But if you have a really good product, I think the uptake once you're in the market is still very good, although the market is small. Yeah, no, fully agree. So thanks a lot, Taina, for all of your insights. It was uh, really great and interesting to listen to to the, the, the various aspects you have brought in, uh, especially, I mean, as uh, a lot of the information you've just uh, shared are not, let's say, let's say not easy to find, maybe call it like that, especially, obviously, as you were, as you were speaking on your experience um, from within the system. So thanks a lot for your time, and uh, yeah, talk to you soon. You're welcome. Bye-bye. So as we have just heard, Switzerland is a kind of pragmatic uh, market access system. It has its, let's say, pitfalls. It has his, its positives, as Heine has as well just uh, described. Obviously, and as everywhere, there are, let's say, the kind of mandatory steps where a dossier needs to be submitted, which is by far more pragmatic than, for example, in Germany, but also, for example, in comparison to France or to the UK. I think it's a big focus on the clinical data, but especially and obviously also on the number of patients, so the kind of budget impact and ultimately the pricing. The pricing is being, let's say, hold especially on the internal price comparison against other available therapies in Switzerland with the Swiss price and also kind of evenly distributed with the prices of the product which is being submitted um, in other countries. Important to mention here is probably especially the process within the BAG, which is especially when the evaluation committee, it's a so-called EAK, is assessing and discussing the case. As Heiner also just said, per meeting there are around 20 to 25 cases to be discussed, and as one could imagine, there are not hours then available to really discuss it, especially when there is no clinical expert available. So ultimately, and uh, that's quite clear, and Heiner said that also, I think three, four times, very important is also not only the content itself, but also the communication strategy within the dossier, but also then later on when it comes to the feedback, to the reply to the BAG, when they have, let's say, the kind of, maybe call it for the questions, or you could also be a bit more nasty and just say the kind of, uh, let's say, questions raised around the pricing. Ultimately, and that's very important, also the Swiss system is further developing, especially around pricing models. There are, let's say, various models now being implemented in that way, not very transparent and not obviously transparently communicated. And on top, Heiner said already, when there is an 18P available, there might be even, let's say, different pathways 
to move, especially then also with the health insurances. Finally, there is still that big pragmatism in Switzerland. I would also say to find a solution, which is also helping a lot when submitting the case to Switzerland and then making the product also available to the Swiss population. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. MAP is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.